Welcome to the System Hub Podcast. Hola. Konnichiwa. Guten Tag. Where we interview world-class experts. You have to have a lot of passion for what you're doing. I was fanatical in my 20s. If you could find a way to produce a business that works without you, your life would change like that. Extracting, organizing, and optimizing their best systems and processes for rapid business growth. Now, let's get into the show. Welcome back to the Business Systems Summit. I'm your host, David Jennings, and in this session, we're going to be chatting with Cloris Kiley. She's the best-selling author of Beyond Influencer Marketing and the host of the podcast of the same name. She's been featured on network TV, loads of podcasts, YouTube videos, has articles published all over the web. And best of all, she's really happy to share with her how she's managed to build up her profile. She's broken it down into a system. So that's why we've got her on the summit. Um, and I've got a feeling we're going to get on really, really well because she's got an industrial engineering background. And I always find engineers have a soft spot for systems and processes. So it's with great pleasure that I get to welcome Cloris to the summit. Thank you, David, for having me here. Ah, pleasure. Now, Cloris, I know there's a lot we're going to cover and we're going to dive into your influencer marketing system. Um, but I thought I always like to start off by just uh, getting people to share the problems or the challenges that they see this particular system solves for business owners, and then we can go through it step by step. Yeah. What I would say, uh, one of the main things that entrepreneurs struggle with is how to get their you know message and products out into the world when there's so much competition, right? Even if they have a strong value proposition, it is difficult you know, to position yourself as a top expert in your field or as somebody who can provide, you know, the best solution for, for your customers. So, uh, you know, the, yes, there's advertising. But what happens with advertising is that people come to you not really trusting you. So you have to prove yourself, right? So even though you might be getting a, a lead for, let's say, $10, it ends up being much more because those will be the people who you know, might uh, opt into your list and then they unsubscribe immediately when they get your gift, right? Because they don't really trust you. So yes, I think it is a process is possible, uh, but there are drawbacks. And then you could try other things such as, you know, PR, uh, but then it's, it's quite expensive. And then you get that quick push and then what? So you got to keep kind of going and going and it never ends this search to really get your name out. And that, that's the biggest problem that, that my system solves. Yeah. And what do you see that the primary reason of the positioning of an authority and an expert in the space? Like what, what advantages does that end up giving the business owner or the individual? Well, it's basically a trust because you know, I always list this study. Um, it's, it's on YouTube. You can check it out. It's called Decoy. It was put together by Canon and it has, uh, has had like maybe 12 million views. And what that is, is it's, all, it's a study about perspective. They had six photographers in one subject, and they all had to photograph the subject. So the, the difference here is that every photographer was told a different story about the subject. So somebody uh, thought that the, you know, this person was a grandfather. Uh, the other one thought it was an ex-convict. Right? So they had all these different preconceived ideas about the subject. And when they showed all the, the final uh, photographs, they reflected exactly the story that the photographers had been told and not who the person was. And then he came in the room in the end with all the photographers and said, hey, I'm not you know, a grandfather. I'm not an ex-convict. I'm not you know, an artist, whatever it is. I'm just, you know, this is who I am. This is just a study. And everybody was like stunned. 
but that's what happens when you have that preconceived idea. So when somebody who has already authority in your field says, hey, you should trust David, you should trust Cloris, you know, they know their stuff, that person immediately has a preconceived idea that you are the expert. They want to learn more about you and see what you have to offer. So that's the power of the you know, referral, basically. I'm going to have to make sure we put a link to that video underneath. I've, I've not seen that, but it perfectly articulates why you want to position yourself. So that makes great sense. So when you're teaching this to other people, maybe we'll dive in and go through step by step. Where do we get started? Like, What's that step number one? The first step is to create a foundation. Uh, so you have uh, the marketing in place when you are connected with influencers and then they actually feature you uh, to their audiences, right? And there are many ways they could feature you. But if you don't have that foundation, it's like, uh, I don't know if, if you know, this, this show is called Shark Tank. And uh, yes, yeah, so you have it's been on for many years. Entrepreneurs go to the show. That's a huge exposure, right, to millions of viewers. Now, many of them go with these websites that are not ready for volume, right? They don't have inventory to satisfy a, a spike in demand. So they have the opportunity and they don't, they don't get the deal or even they get the deal. And when the show airs, their website crashes. They don't have product to, to send to people, you know, that the whole business suffers. Why? Because they don't have the foundation. So the foundation is the first thing you need to have. If you're in a service business, for example, you need to have uh, a compelling lead magnet that is perfectly aligned with the message you will share with the audience of the influencer, right? So people go up to him for it. And then you have a, a, a journey laid out for your new subscriber, your new lead uh, to then take that next step, whether it is to buy your product or to talk to you or your team, you know, whatever that is that you want them to do next, you must have all of that in place so that when you're featured, then you actually get results. Yeah, I think on that stage as well, I'm thinking in terms of the website, I always find there's, there's trust factors that people look for when they look at someone's website as well, whether okay. it's easily contactable information or case studies and reviews and um, even just being modern and making sure it looks good on mobile and looks like it's been attended to and has good relevant content. So I think, yeah, there are these minimum criteria that you want to have in place to put your best foot forward. And I think this is a huge problem. And there's another thing. I don't know if you've come across things like Groupon and we've got Scroopon here in Australia. These deal sites are very similar where you've got businesses that get a huge volume and spike in, in traffic and business. And then a lot of them actually end up going broke because they haven't got capacity off the back end. As in, not only is their website not well set up for it, but then the onboarding process for delivery and the delivery of the work. So I, I think opening up capacity and being prepared makes sense for being that first step in actually getting extra capacity because then you know you use it successfully once it does happen. Yeah, exactly. And something that you mentioned, David, when you have when people go to your website, if you have been recommended by influencers in that industry and uh, people see that, you know, that's, that's a really strong social proof, uh, way of social proof. It's not just testimonials, but those referrals uh, from influencers that you can feature on your website. Yeah, that makes sense. So getting yourself prepared, that's, that's step one. What's step number two? Step two is to select the influencers that are perfect for you. You know, the other day I ran a webinar and I asked, who would you love to connect with? 
So I got answers like Michelle Obama, right? And these are all people who have a service business. So I don't know how Michelle could help them grow their business, right? So Michelle might be great to meet, just a great experience, but uh, could she help you grow your business? You know, I don't know. So the, the question is, who are the influencers who reach your ideal audience in your industry, who have similar values, similar style, who you could reach out to and then create a connection? Because if you just try to reach, you know, celebrities or, you know, Instagram influencers or people who don't really have the same values and style, then you will really not, not make the most out of this. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And have you, you would have come across the idea of building a dream 100 list, which I think people oftentimes refer to when they're thinking in terms of clients and who would be their perfect top dream 100 clients. But this sounds like it'd be a perfect fit here, identifying who, if you could connect and wave that magic wand, who would be the ideal person to align your message with their audience and would be a huge breakthrough because it's that sense of overwhelm when you get started that there's so many people that you could contact. Where do you start? So I'd like this idea of sort of narrowing that down. What, What sort of number do you think is a good number to start with as far as like how many influences should we first get on that list? Well, I would say if you could have 50 to start with, not too many. I would say 20 is okay too because what happens is not about quantity but about quality, right? Uh, You want to have a small group of people who will be your supporters, your allies, and then who will introduce you to other influencers. So you could start, I would say 50 is perfect. And uh, you will need help to do this. I would say depending on how you run your business, uh, you might have to uh, contract someone to do the research for you. It would be kind of like raw research. And then you narrow down that list based on, you know, you actually checking out uh, those influencers. Of course, you have to provide criteria. Like, for example, for podcast connections, I have a podcast criteria for my VA. So I say, okay, as long as a podcast meets all of these criteria, then it might be a good fit for me. So she creates a spreadsheet with all the podcasters that meet the criteria. Then it's up to me to say, yes, this one's a yes, this one's a no. Uh, so I think you should, that's the part that you should definitely outsource and this whole system and you know that way you'll make the most out of your time right yeah that makes perfect sense all right so we've we've made sure our website's ready we've identified who that target audience is that we're going to outreach to the the influencers and then yeah what's that next step how do we connect or, or yeah what is the next step yeah the next step is for you like once you have the ideal influencers and again this must be people who reach your ideal audience if you're not sure, like a great idea to start, like you could just go and, and ask ideal clients where they consume their content. You know, like who do you trust? What podcast do you listen to? What blog do you read? What association do you belong to, right? Because there are all these different kinds of influencers. And then you create kind of like a, really a good mix. It's not it's going to be a list of 50 podcasters or 50 bloggers or 50 association uh, leads, right? It has to be a mix of, of influencers. So once you ask, you have good information. Usually one influencer leads you to the next, right? You could also check Twitter feeds of your connections, right? You might be connected to influencers. So they have been featured on a specific platform. And because you, both of you reach the ideal audience, 
the same ideal audience. You go, oh, this might be a good person for me. You have already a common connection. So you really have to kind of practice that to select the influencers. Okay, once you're there, then you got to figure out what is my next immediate objective per influencer and what is my long-term objective, right? So for a podcaster, it might be to be on their show, right? To be featured on their show. And the long-term objective is maybe to do a JV, a joint venture type of collaboration with a, the head of an association. The first step might be just to get on a call with them, right? And the end step might be for them to send you referrals. So whatever it is, like you, you really have to go into this with, with a clear idea of what you want to achieve. You know, many times you meet someone at a networking event or on Zoom or whatever, and, and they ask you, well, how can I support you, right? And uh, you usually go like, oh, I don't know, right? You don't know what, what you want to achieve at that point. It's like, oh, thank you, I don't know. <laughs> so uh, if you really know what you want, then at least, oh, I would love to have an intro. I'm interested in being in another podcast. Uh, then you have something specific for the person then uh, to help you with. Mm, that makes sense. That first outreach is always the one that's most challenging for people. And you mentioned whether it's, picking up the phone or, you know, outreaching via email or text or I don't know. What, what are your suggestions around that? Do you suggest start phones best or, or yeah, how would you approach that? Obviously, it will depend on what your outcome is, but, yeah, I'd love some insights. Yeah, that's good. And that's actually the next step is to initiate the connection, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's important that throughout this whole process, we have a desire to uh, deliver value to the influencer and that's, you know, our, you know, that's our motive, really. Like when we reach out to them, we know we have something of value to deliver to them. So to initiate connections, there's nothing better than delivering value. You know, when you, and it doesn't have to be something like, for example, if you have a smaller size business, right? You might say, well, how, how can I help this influencer? They already have a business 10 times the size of mine. But what if you just, you know, for example, if it's somebody who, who uh, shares their message with the world, right, like a, 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 an inspirational speaker, then why not send them a personalized note saying how their message has impacted your life to say something? That, that's how I connected with Dr. Wayne Dyer, the author of, you know, I don't know, 40 books, uh, you know, known around the world. Uh, I didn't, at that time, I, I didn't see this as, oh, as an influencer, I'm going to connect with him for my business. I just wanted to express how much his message had changed my life and how thanks to his books, I had gone through one of the worst times in my life. I just felt like I really wanted to say it. So I wrote this letter, handwritten, I didn't type it, uh, and just sent it to the publisher. Uh, I didn't know his address, just Hay House Publishers. And I said, well, I'll never hear from, from him, but whatever, I said it. And then uh, a couple of weeks later, I go to the uh, mailbox and there's a letter from uh, Maui from Dr. Wayne Dyer. And, you know, he said that my words had really touched him and uh, he, he wanted to meet me. He was going to be at a, an event in uh, New York City. I'm in Connecticut, so it was uh, fairly close. So I went to the event. Uh, I met him backstage and that, you know, just set the path. Uh, for what one of you know a big blessing I had in my life to to have his support and his guidance so it just happened just by me expressing how his message had changed my life so you got to think about what is the best way for me to deliver value to influencers I do have I'll probably give you a link to the uh, 15 ways you can do that actually it's to 15 ideas 
you can get noticed by influencers, but you know, you could also support their business. If you give a testimonial of their product or program, that's huge. That's huge value. You're helping them grow their business. I had a guest on my show who said, you want to connect with me? Then buy from me. <laughs> I will notice who you are. <laughs> so yeah, so all those, those different ways, you, what you got to do is really know their business, know what they do, and then find the best way that will resonate with them. If you know they're publishing a book, you're going to be there buying that book and writing a review, right? So whatever it is that they have going on that matters to them, that's what you should go after because that's what they will notice. And then after that, then you can open the conversation. Yeah, I think that idea of leading with the idea of looking to serve and help is a great way to start any relationship rather than opening with, oh, can I be on your podcast or something like that makes perfect sense. And I think that's just the way everybody wants to be communicated with. And what a fantastic story with Wayne Dyer. I think the one thing that really stuck out for me there is just that idea of being ready to take advantage of those situations when they arise. This serendipitous events will happen if you start doing some of the outreach, doing some connections. You don't know what's going to connect where. And um, it was interesting right at the start you talked about, well, maybe you only start off with 20 or 50 people because then you're you're going to then get introduced to influencers from influencers. And that's when you start to move into this realm of it's not completely linear. It's not something that you can structure and plan. And I find that with business and which is funny coming from the systems guy. And we, we talk about systems and process and thinking about everything linear, but I always see systems more as a way to get you started and to get the basics happening and momentum happening and at least that ball rolling. And then you need to be open to take, you know, the opportunity or see the opportunity when it presents itself. So yeah, I, lo- I love that that story with Wayne and he's, he's still in contact today. I know that he's incredibly busy. Yeah, no, yeah. Unfortunately, a couple of years ago, he passed away uh, and it was, it was a tough time for everybody. His message lives on mm-hmm. and I feel grateful that I was able to connect with him. And uh, thanks mm-hmm. to him, I had a lot of guests on my, my first podcast and that's how I first started to connect with influencers actually by welcoming influencers on my show so if you are thinking about creating your own platform, whether it is a, you know, a podcast, a YouTube channel, somewhere where you can invite people to be featured uh, on that platform, that's a great way to deliver value. I mean, if you invite people to your show, it's just a wonderful way to create relationships with influencers. Yeah, perfect. All right. So then how do we move to the next stage in the process? Right. So once we create that relationship, we have to nurture it, right? Not just at uh, the beginning, but throughout the whole relationship. And when, because we have our objectives in mind, then uh, we'll know when is the right time to then to go and, and do the ask, right? So you've delivered value. Let's say, for example, that is a podcaster and your immediate goal is to be on their show. A way for you to deliver value to start is just to listen to their show, post a review, let them know. and then come up with a perfect topic for their show. Because if you take the time to go through all of the the shows they've had and you see a gap or you see uh, something that hasn't been explored in depth and that's your expertise and you you submit that to them, they'll be happy to have you because they want content, right? In this case, the content is the value. Uh, Same thing for a 
television appearances. I've had so many like in lo- on local TV. And uh, it was just because of that. I, I just went through all of the things they had had on the show, the segments. I thought about the audience. Okay, these are great topics for that audience. And that's how they first had me on, on the show. And then I became a repeat guest just because I was delivering the content they needed. So content is value. If you have something that they have never done before, a gap to fill, you can do that. Now, if it's something uh, different, like you actually want to get on the phone with them, I think once they get to know you, they'll be more than happy to, to have that conversation. If you have a platform, it could be a summit, a podcast, a YouTube channel, uh, you could reach out to them uh, pretty soon because, again, you want to feature them. Uh, but it depends on the influencer. Like, for example, Melanie Dodaro was on my first and second show. She is uh, probably the, the number one LinkedIn expert in Canada. And I've been following her and reading her blog, which is fantastic. And every time she posted an article, I would be commenting and posting it on LinkedIn. Uh, it's all about LinkedIn, of course. I thought it was fantastic. And, and she got to know who I was. So I said, I would love to have Melanie on my show. I messaged her on LinkedIn uh, shortly after. I think it took less than an hour. She said, yes, of course, of course. And then when we were on the call, she said, Cloris, how could I say no to you? You've been sharing my blogs and commenting, of course. And I, I really don't do interviews anymore, but I'll say yes to you. So those are examples, you know, depending on how, how, how much of a celebrity they are or, you know, how busy they are, you might have to do a little bit more but then it'll be time to do that first ask and then to nurture your connection so you then can do the second ask, right? Your long-term objective to collaborate with this influencer. And of course, you might have this long-term objective and as the relationship evolves, you realize, you know what? Maybe this wasn't the best long-term objective. We're going to do something different or, oh, maybe this wasn't the right influencer for me and then move on. And that's okay because, of course, it's a relationship, so it is is dynamic. Yeah. Um, how do you keep on top of all of these relationships? I know as you start to expand your network, are you using any sort of CRM or, or some way to just remember and jog your mind where you're up to with things? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. That's the next step in the system to keep track of all your connections. And uh, I mean, you could do something as simple because again, we're not talking about thousands of people, right? This is a small group of people. So you could just have like a, a spreadsheet where you have their contact information, the last time you interacted with them and what they specialize in. That's you know, it's a simple way. This is their focus right now and you could update that and do just uh, email reminders with something like a follow-up then or boomerang. That's like the, the really the cheapest and the, you know, the free version, right, of how to keep track of, of this. What you could also do is have a tool such as Pipedrive. You can go to pipedrive.com, and it's a tool that is for sales professionals, but it works pretty well for this as well because you will have a profile per person uh, and data about, you know, your connection when the last time you reached out to them and then follow up reminders. So if you want something more automated, that's the way to go. Uh, but again, you don't have to go there if you don't want to yet. As long as you have something simple that you can, uh, you're comfortable uh, checking and keeping track of, then that's okay. I feel like I should do a little quick uh uh, advert here for one of our sponsors for the event as well, Nimble, um, Nimble CRM. They'll they'll put together a, a little offer for attendees as well. And their platform's about 
yeah, building up your database of contacts and pulling in their social information all into one record so you can kind of keep an eye. It, it doesn't really matter, though, what tool you use. It's the, the classic thing. I think I always think in terms of what is the problem that needs to be solved here in business? So this is just keeping on top of your contacts. So if that's the problem, it doesn't matter as much what the solution is or which of the many ones you choose, as long as you choose a solution, whether it's a spreadsheet or whether it's pipe drive or nimble or whatever, I think it's good to have something which keeps you on top of your record. So that's, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, and the, the way you you know you you keep taking action because it's easy to get excited about this and say, oh, this is great, you know, I'm going to do it. So you get it going, and then of course something happens in your business, and you have something to take care of, you forget about it, and a month went by and you didn't do anything else, you didn't follow up. Maybe you reached out to somebody that was great potential, they got back to you, and you never got back to them, or you didn't follow up. The follow up process is part of the system. You must do it. So never reach out to an influencer with the expectation that you'll hear back from them for sure, right? Always start the outreach with the expectation that you will have to follow up. So of course, don't stalk the influencer, but uh, you will have to follow up sometimes through other ways. Like if, if they don't get back to you via email, you might have to reach out via LinkedIn messaging or Facebook messaging or a written letter or a phone call, right? Like, don't feel that because they haven't gotten back to you, it's over, right? Uh, you always have to keep going until you feel like you know it's, it's time to move on, that they will really not uh, get back to you. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. All right, and then after the follow-up, what's that next stage after that? Well, after that is to really come up with that top circle of connections. Uh, I had a guest on my show who had a great visual for it. It's just like you have concentric circles, right? So the, the smallest circle will have probably 10 people. And those are the people who you're in touch with all the time, the people you check in, you know, via Zoom or phone, those people who belong to your mastermind. You know, these are the people who, who are really there for you. And if you need, uh, if you're doing a promotion, you, you need somebody to, you know, share your program, your launch, whatever that is, uh, you know, they're there for you. And it's easy to reach out to them because they are your closest connections. Uh, so that's an important thing that you determine who these closest connections are. I actually have them printed out on a piece of paper and I put it right next to my computer. So I see the list every day. And uh, what I do is, oh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't heard from Jody in a while. Let me just check what's happening with her on Facebook. You know, just kind of keep in touch with them and keep the, the connection strong. And then you'll have, you know, more of an outer circle of those, you know, up to 50 people who you stay in touch with maybe two, three times a year. You know, you, again, you support them, but it's not that close, close connection. And then, of course, the rest of your connections, uh, you know, whatever, hundreds of thousands of people you might be connected with. Yeah, that makes sense. And I know um, some tools like uh, Pipe Drive and Nimble, you can, yeah. that's where you can start to set reminders and things like that based on individuals. And I think that's good because, I mean, when you, you build that connection, it's all about helping them to understand that they're front of mind for you and that you're keeping your eyes open for them. So whether it's a check-in or a, hey, I listened to this podcast episode and I thought it was pretty cool or, hey, here's a, a useful article. I think that type of connection forms long-term relationships. So, yeah, I love it. What's the next stage after that? 
Well, after that, after you've built a solid network of connections, all, all it is a matter to find ways to collaborate at a higher level, right? I think the highest level of collaboration is to uh, become business partners. So you might actually have one to partner with them. Great ways to partner are also by leveraging each other's products. Like, for example, I uh, created this mini product of uh, digital training, and one of my close connections is going to have that training as a bonus in his course. So everybody who takes his course then will have access to my mini training and an invitation to learn more about me, right? Uh, you could have just joint venture partnerships where people, you know, promote your offers, your products, they get a commission, but they do it. I mean, I would say most people do this, not just for, because of the commission, but because they want to help you because they have an audience that they owe, right? They owe high quality content and they respect that their audience is uh, their treasure, their clients, right? So they don't want to put that relationship at risk just for a commission. So they'll, they'll be very careful to promote something that is really you know, valuable for their audience and from somebody that they really trust. So that's when the relationship is, is so important that it's solid enough and that it's mature enough. Because what happens, let's say that you, you reach out to a connection who's not really at, at that mature stage. And you say, oh, I'm, I'm promoting this. Would you like to participate in the launch? Uh, you know, many people say yes, just to, I don't know, to be nice. or Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, send me the information, right? So then you send it to them and the time of the promotion comes and you send your reminders and all those things. And then you check their stats and they, they, maybe they shared it on Twitter once, right? So that's all they did. No, no clicks, uh, no purchases. Uh, is because the connection wasn't there. I think every time one of these higher level or high level of, of collaboration type projects don't work, it happens because the relationship wasn't there yet. It wasn't at that stage that they really care about you. It's like, oh, I really want to help David. So I'm going to program this, you know, my schedule, my promo calendar. I'm going to have people create images for David. And I'm actually going to pay to, uh, for Facebook ads to promote him because I really care about him. Right, there's just going to be people who, yeah, I'll share it on social media. I'm done. I'll tag them, and I'll be, uh, you know, check mark for that. So, so again, make sure that the connection is at the right stage, and then just continue doing this. You'll become kind of like this close network who helps each other grow, grow your business, referrals, all of those things. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I find as well is um, with that exact scenario, it's almost like not even necessarily coming with that level of expectation when you're chatting with the expert or the influencer that, oh, you know, they've got to promote in this particular way because people you come up with all of these preconceived ideas and some people are going to connect more with the message than others. Some people want to get behind it. I think as an influencer and a, and a leader yourself, it's getting very clear on what the vision is that you're looking to achieve and bring into the world and then you just start working towards that no matter what and it's I don't know if you've seen that video there's a guy he's dancing on this hill and it's talking about starting a movement and this crazy guy's dancing up there on on his own uh, and he's the only one dancing there and then someone comes and joins him and they dance a little bit more and then there's a couple of early adopters and before you know it there's just a crowd of you know hundreds of people that descend on this part of the mountain at this dance festival and it all starts with this one person dancing and just continuing and, and having that focus. And I think that's the real 
key because once you're kind of anchored towards that and you're looking to find people who also have missions and visions that they're going towards and you'll get attracted to those and sometimes you'll join in their dance party sometimes they'll join in on your dance party and I think that that's just part of it you kind of have to you know just keep dancing and then the right people will show up at the right time I love that analogy love it yeah that's exactly how it works I'll have to um I'll send you this video it's great I can't remember I must have seen it in some presentation it's yeah it's, it's a great video so I think, yeah, now we're kind of at this point, you, the good thing about your system as well, it, it doesn't feel like a, a one and done approach. It feels like this is probably almost cyclical because you can then start to, you know, build up those authority assets on the website as you start to connect with more influencers. And then you think about other potential people that you want to connect with and go through that same process. But are there any other steps prior to going through to the, the loop and start again? Well, I would say you should also leverage different ways to kind of take this expertise, this uh, introduction that you've had to a, an ideal audience and uh, become an influencer, right? Because let's say that you have your own platform. Uh, when people start a blog, how many readers do they get? You know, a couple, right? And then it takes a long time to really get that blog to the, where you want it to be. But if you have influencers sending people to that blog because you've created, for example, an article with uh, a list of uh, 10 opinions of 10 influencers about one topic, uh, everybody, all of these influencers are going to be sending people to your blog, right? Or if you have a podcast and you have all these influencers and sending people to their interview, then your platform increases or grows. You also become an influencer, right? If you host a summit, I mean, that, what a great way to be seen as an influencer. You are the leader, right? You're hosting this event. Uh, so then you become the influencer. So make sure you leverage that to then gain influence yourself. And as you gain more influence, as you're better known, as you have the social proof and these connections, then you will see how the opportunities for you to meet higher level influencers open for you, right? So people who probably were unreachable in the past, now they're just, you know, one step away. So it's important that as you continue to work with the influencers, with your small group, you also see the other possibilities that all of these appearances have uh, for you as an influencer, for you to build authority and to be seen as an expert in your field. So make sure you leverage your, on your website, on your social media profiles. You know, you have to really, uh, you know, make the most out of it and, and, and uh, show that everywhere. Yeah, I think definitely I'm finding with this particular summit, being able to connect with the right people and find the people who have the message that will help our audience. I think that's the biggest thing. It's just identifying the people that can, like we're here to serve our clients and I want to make their job as easy as possible and we're big on systems and processes. So if I can find other experts who also have developed their own systems and processes, it just it makes my client's job so much easier because everybody loves to start with something and edit it and make it their own. It's very hard when you have to figure out a system or process from scratch on your own in a particular area that you're not comfortable with. So that's a big premise behind this uh, idea of the summit is almost like to transplant these great systems and processes from experts into other people's businesses. And then I find, because this is the second time we've run it, people 
will look at a system and a process and they'll go, oh, I like that. And Cloris's knowledge is very deep in this area. Okay, I want to find out more about this subject. And then that's when they head back to the website, they download the mini course, they check out the book, all those sorts of things. And then you start the conversation and then help them further develop their systems and processes in, in your area of expertise. So it kind of, yeah, summits I think are fantastic and can work for, for any business. Oh, I, I definitely agree. It's just like I think about it as a podcast on, on steroids, right? You have just all these interviews uh, lined up at the same time and you get the excitement about it too. It's a, you know, it's, it is an event, uh, so people get excited about it and it's, it's a great way to build influence, to connect with influencers, yes. It's funny you mentioned about the podcast because that's the way that we feed into our podcast is from the summit and then uh, it appears as part of the live summit and then over time we, we drip it out over a year or two but this one summit will basically become the content creation for a year now. We'll do one one episode per week and we've got pretty much 50 episodes so it's yeah a great way to batch that content creation and make sure it's consistent. I find that's the other big thing with marketing and just business in general. It's just about consistency. That's the key. So anything that you can do that forces consistency or creates some sort of positive constraint where you've got a set date where you need to get something done by, that for me at least is is the best way to make sure it happens. I love live events. It's the line in the, the ground when you, you're saying, okay, here is the date. Here's what I'm yeah. doing by this date. I have to show up because the audience will be there. Yeah, that's right. And what you were saying before that, you know, when people see a system, then they know what to do next. So it creates a consistency. It creates the ability to to kind of see the end result when you start. Because I feel like if you start like not knowing where this, this is going to end, uh, you're not likely to keep, keep it up. Uh, you do it once, it didn't work. Oh, too bad. Uh, it wasn't for me. But if you see how it'll work till the end uh, from the beginning, then uh, you have that confidence uh, to keep going. So that's, that's the power of systems. Yeah, perfect. Oh, the industrial engineer in you starts to come out. So <laughs> I think, yeah, I love the way that we laid everything out here. Are there any final points that you wanted to add before we start to point people in your direction? Well, all I would say is I remember that influencers are not just celebrities, right? They're not just the social media, the Instagram stars and the YouTube stars who are going to give you a shout out on their channel. These are people who you might already know or people who might be connected to someone you already know. People who might have a group of captive clients, you know, people who, you know, clients who really believe in their product and you could be then introduced to that clientele. It could be a, a person in your local area that has a very engaged uh, group of people who attend events, and you could be a speaker at the event, right? So think about influencers, not just in those you know, traditional terms, but in the terms of, oh, these are people who reach my ideal audience. They can then refer me as an expert in my field. And there are so many kinds of influencers, local businesses, you know, podcasters, heads of associations and groups and meetups. There's uh, bloggers and uh, coaches, trainers, you know, so many possibilities. 
So really open your eyes because sometimes all of these opportunities are right next to you. And you don't see them, right? But once you start, you know, you, you point that radar in the right direction, then you'll see all the possibilities and you'll see how wonderful it is. Yeah, I love it. And that idea of who already has the relationship with your target audience. So once you know your product and service, the problem that you're here to solve for that individual, finding people who already have that relationship is the quickest, most effective way because oftentimes they might be a trusted advisor and it's very easy for them to to direct their audience to you. So, yeah, I, I love this form of marketing and you've been very generous with your ideas and I appreciate you taking us through the system. Um, we'll obviously link over to the website. Are there any other places, like if people want to keep on top of what you're up to or find out more, where's the best place for them to go? Well, you can go to cloreskiley.com. If you go to, I believe I have a special uh, link for you for the influencer guide with 15 ways you can get noticed by influencers. That's a good way to start. Uh, you can check out Beyond Influencer Marketing and the podcast because what I do on the podcast, I bring experts you know, who talk about how they connected with influencers and uh, how they decide actually to say yes to somebody who wants to connect with them uh, because they are all influencers. Uh, so you learn a lot, you know, get some good case studies and uh, good information for you to, to be inspired to take action. Yeah, I'll make sure I link to both of those underneath the episode. So a big thank you, Cloris, for your time and looking forward to talking to you soon. Thanks so much, David. You've just been listening to the System Hub Podcast. Remember, we've documented this system for you so you can literally swipe and deploy it within your business. Head to www.systemhub.com forward slash podcast to download it now.